Hello, and welcome to the 45th episode of the Queen Bee Book Club podcast. I'm Audrey. And I'm Cher. And we are your Queen Bees, your back Queen Bees. We are back after like months of a sabbatical. Yes, maybe we'll be like um, like a seasonal podcast. <laughs> I think that I think that seems right. I also am going to have so much time now on my hands with, I mean, it's a nine to five, so I'll be back to normal. Yeah, we'll be like one of those fun, like those fun TV shows that premiere in the summertime and you're like, ooh, and then they do like a Christmas special. <laughs> yes, 100%. <laughs> or Halloween, whatever we yeah. feel. Because everyone needs content in the summer and it's always when people go on break. So, I mean. It's, it's very true. We're really filling that need. You're welcome. <laughs> um, so I guess like a lot of things have happened since it was like January when we last recorded. I know. We both turned 27. We both turned 27, which so seems far. very old. Yeah, I'm so far not a fan because basically the first two things that happened to me as a 27-year-old was I got stuck in an elevator and um, like – For how long? To, uh, 30 minutes. Okay, that's long. That's, yeah. That's very long. I will say like shouts out to the Montgomery County Fire Department. I've only ever had really lovely experiences with them and they were very kind and lovely and speedy. Once we called them, they showed up within like 10 minutes, but our building had told us that their maintenance team was like 40 minutes away. And Lauren was like, okay, you're calling 911 because I'm going to freak out. Yeah, the, the walls start going in on you and stuff. Yeah, I was pre- I was pretty okay, but then I almost started crying talking to the 911 operator because he was very soothing. Oh, God bless. And I like thought about like for a brief second like he his voice is kind of what I imagined. Do you remember that from My Favorite Murder that I survived story about the yes, girl? I was just thinking about and, that. And she calls 911 and it, like basically if you haven't then- listened to this episode or seen this episode of I Survived, this girl wakes up to someone attacking her, which is literally a nightmare and literally your worst my worst nightmare. fear. <laughs> and she like basically fights him off and ends up like sequestering herself in her bathroom and then is able to call 911 and this operator talks to her for the like the whole time that she's there and she like almost dies and then you find out later that it's the attacker but it's like her superintendent or something or the security it's a, guard the security guard yeah is like knocking on the door and trying to get into her building. He's like, "Hey, I th- I heard thought I heard something up here. Like, let me in." And the nine one one operator is the one who's like, "Don't let this person in. I have a bad feeling about it. The you know ambulance is going to be there soon." And he ended up being the attacker. And then this lovely nine one one operator um, ended up going to this girl's wedding. They danced they at just, her wedding. <laughs> I know they remained friends. I know. And so I thought about that story, and he was just <laughs> also just like very soothing. And so I did, did you invite him to her wedding? <laughs> I should have. You should have. Um, <laughs> you should have gotten his contact info. Like, listen, I'm going to be having a wedding maybe one day, and you, I would you love are invited. For you, to be there. you are very comforting, sir. Yeah. Well, I have to say, my 27th birthday was better than my 26th, where oh, I lost good. half my tooth. So. Oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah. I think I do think my 27th birthday was probably better because my 26th birthday was right when my Google job ended. And so it was literally mm. like, happy birthday. You don't have health insurance or a job anymore. So yeah, figure it out. <laughs> that's really true. Health insurance, God. Who needs it's it? It's the worst. Well, we all need it is the problem. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's also the end of your first year of law school and my first year of teaching. Lots of firsts coming to a close. Yeah. How do you feel? I feel really good. I feel like – Hi to your students who are now listening since they discovered (laughs) us. (laughs) Yeah. It took all year, but they very well could be listening now. So, you know, got to have that in mind. (laughs) Shout outs to you. Shouts out. Um, We do have an explicit rating, so. (laughs) My mom scolded me when I said it's now possible that my students have heard me say the F word or something. And she was like, well, like my mom's attitude is like, well, why are you saying that word at all? Well, because it's fun. Yes. In my opinion, yes. (laughs) And sometimes, I don't know. Yeah. How do you feel about being done with law school? Well, the first year, anyway. Um, I have to say this year took a lot out of me. Um, yeah, I think it's supposed to, though. Yeah. Um, haven't really done, like, much fun things for the past several yeah. months. Like, I haven't read – well, until I read this book in two days, I hadn't read a book or, like, <laughs> I don't know, talked yeah. on the phone to my mom for, like, months. Yeah, mm. I know. But, I mean, it's over. I think this year is the worst, or, mm-hmm. like, supposedly, that's what they say. So, hopefully things will be – better moving forward like I I like law school I like I'm glad I'm doing what I'm doing but it just it was a brutal time well that's good it would suck if you were uncertain about no I feel certain about it so that's well, that's relieving at least a relief yeah yeah well you just went to New Orleans though that seemed fun I did that was fun yeah um my friend Brett is working down there and he needed somebody to accompany him in the car and he invited mm. us. And yeah, it was fun. I mean, I probably have not been drunker for like a more extended period of time <laughs> ever. But uh, but yeah, I think I needed I needed the unwind. Yeah, for sure. I feel like there's no better place than than I was about to say Sin City, but that's not what that place is called. Well, that's it might Las as well Vegas. be. I we mean, went, I think it's it's one of the Sin Cities it's for one sure. Of them. Yeah, we went on Bourbon Street for about like 15 seconds. And you were like, no. Um, well, I mean, I was so drunk that, like, I was kind of in the wandering stage of, like, mm. wow, this is interesting. And I spotted some police horses and was, like, very intrigued <laughs> to, like, go see them. Um, but, yeah, at one point I was separated from my friends and they were like, oh, I've no. never been never been more afraid. We might lose you forever. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, it was a great time. Um, would go back. I hope okay, Brett, that's Brett's good to enjoying know. New Orleans. Yeah, I went to Nashville and visited my sister too. Also a very fun time. I would say, like, if we were to take a girls' trip to one of those places, I would pick Nashville. Okay. I feel like I hear really good things about Nashville and I would really like to go. Um, and that's that's good intel. Because sometimes you feel like, oh, like, should you be making the trip to New Orleans? And part of me feels like I could probably miss it. But I also do want to go. I mean w- – we had a good time, I think, because Brett, like, had lived there before, and so we didn't really do anything touristy. Like, we were doing more, like, local things, like, drinking in, um, like, on the side of the freeway and things oh. like that. But um, I feel like it's it's invaluable when you are traveling or when you're visiting a city, especially if you're there for the first time, and it's invaluable to have someone who's been there before or, yeah. like, is, like, a semi-expert because well, – I think yeah. when you're all in the dark, it's like, this isn't fun because we're, like, not – it just feels like you're not doing it correctly. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think, like, a key element is who knows – like, someone who knows what food is good. 
Mm, Because that's a big thing when you're traveling, when you're like, oh, I'll just hop in this little place. And it's like, well, this was terrible. Well, especially when it's a place where you hear like the food is really good there or whatever, you know, and it's like you end up eating at Chili's because you just like want something that you know. (laughs) Chili's is one of my favorite restaurants, so please do not talk smack. No, I'm not disparaging Chili's. I'm saying that like it's like when you're uncertain, you're like, I'm going to just eat where I like know what what I'm getting into rather than like risk like, I don't know, not enjoying myself. But then you're like, oh, shit, like I traveled and I only went to Chili's. Or like Hard Rock Cafe. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, I will – just to talk about Chili's for a minute, Um, mm. one of the crim law cases that I read this semester was a murder that happened at Chili's. Oh. Yeah, I was furious. I was like, how dare you <laughs> on sacred ground? <laughs> don't, don't mess with Chili's. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I love Chili's. <laughs> The, the chicken enchilada soup is just good. Yeah. The drinks are huge. The yeah. nachos are good. Their buffalo wings are good. It's a great deal. It's I mean, a great, come on. It's a great place. My family used to go there after church on Sundays, and I oh. just, like, loved it. That's nice. Yeah. Um. So I feel like before we get into the book, we for sure have to talk about Game of Thrones. Thrones. Yeah. Because this show is like, I would say this show is probably 50% a book podcast, 25% a Game of Thrones podcast, and 25% a teen show podcast. Okay. Yeah. Before we talk about Game of Thrones, I just want to tell everyone that I finally finished Friday Night Lights. Oh, God bless. It took me forever, but I finished. And let me just say... I'm a little bit disappointed with some aspects of the ending. Okay. Specifically. For example, Julie Taylor and Matt Saracen getting engaged when they are not ready. (laughs) They're not ready. Like, I'm sorry. It's like, Julie, you're just rebounding from, like, having an affair with your teacher. You're a freshman in college. I know. And barely at that because you haven't been in a while. I know. I know. Dislike. And, and, like, I sort of felt like that was going to go in a different direction. Like, it was going to – like, I could very much see that happening as, like, an idea. And then Tammy, like, having a good talk with her and, like, mm-hmm. sort of, like, making her realize that, like, maybe she's making a mistake. Yeah. It's kind of – and which is not to say, like – I mean, I really like Matt. I mm-hmm. think he could do better than Julie. Like, I think yeah. she's toxic and bad. She's, yeah. Um, Honestly, like, I think it's effed that she, like, goes up there to Chicago, like, after she ruins, like, she ruins her freshman year and then is like, oh, where to go? Matt. It's like, leave well, Matt alone. I mean, I understand it. Like, he's her, like, safe place and, like, she's yeah. gonna, she feels, like, wanted and loved and whatever and, like, he will always mm-hmm. love her, but, like, come on like let let the kid live he's yeah. living in his weird artist loft like doing whatever he's doing in chicago like they have no money like it's just like neither <laughs> one of them really like matt barely has a job he has no that, college degree julie has neither <laughs> like that to me is like it's a little bit better but it is on par with um, when Nathan and Haley get married their junior year of high school in One Tree Hill, and it's like, what? Oh, I never watched that show. I probably should. Rachel, Lauren, and I are in a rewatch now, and it's, like, pretty laughably bad at points, but okay. it's also just, like, it's, I think it's, like, one of the, like, it's up there with the glory of, like, a classic teen show to mm-hmm. me. Um, and But, like, Haley literally has a line after they get married that's, like, 
I don't know how to be a wife. I'm not even a senior. Oh, my God. And it's yeah, like, it's just... I even remember as a high school student being like, I don't think that's romantic. Like, I don't think they should be married at all. Listen, Haley, I am 27 and have been married two years, and I also don't know how to be a wife. So. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. So so I was disappointed. <laughs> I was disappointed with that. I liked the Tim Riggins ending with, mm. like, Tyra and him, like, looking over his land and being like, you know, maybe one day. I didn't want them to be together, though. Why? Who'd you want? Lila? I don't know. Or, like, t- maybe the Tim Becky, could be alone. that infant? <laughs> no. But I liked that Tim and um, that Tim and Tyra had developed, like, a friendship. And, like, almost like a, like a brother, brother sister. sister. And I was like, Tyra doesn't need to be going back to Dylan. I mean, I think that's true. I Yeah. I think the thing about Tyra, it's also weird because Billy's married to Tyra's sister. Yes. So it's, like, kind of, like, well. But I think... Like, I just like that. I think Tyra would be good for Tim. Yeah. I think Tim needs somebody like Tyra. And I care so much about Tim. So I guess I'm willing to sacrifice Tyra's bright future. (laughs) Although she's like, I want to be a CEO. And I'm like, you go, girl. Yeah. You will be supporting Tim for the rest of your life. So you better get better get a lot of money. Um. Yeah, I liked I liked Vince's storyline. I thought it was Uh, good. My heart. Yeah. Um. I don't know. Who, who are the other characters? Um, Coach and Tammy. Oh, yeah. Coach and Tammy. Yes. Okay. I was very concerned about that storyline for a long time <laughs> that, like, basically Tammy gets, like, her dream job offer and Coach, yeah. like, gets offered to, like, go back to the Panthers and it's very unclear mm-hmm. that he's not going to take it, but thank God he doesn't. I know. I love that. That he, like, he, he sacrifices but it for it her. took, but yeah, but, like, she had sacrificed everything for him before. So it just sort of was, like, the fact yeah. that they were having that fight, like, me and Brendan were watching it being, like, oh, my God, like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, Coach T, like, you, like, like, it was just so selfish. I know. But he comes around. Yeah. Well, and especially, it's, like, do you really want to go and coach the Panthers? No, you can't like, deal with all those people. Like, like Buddy no, Taylor showing up at his house at like two a.m. But he does that now. I know that's <laughs> true. Because he went over to the Lions. I know. Great show. It's yeah. Great it was a, it was a good show. I mean, I I think I liked the first part better though. Maybe. Yeah, I think that's probably fair. They are. I mean, I think I think Vince's storyline is very good. Hmm. Yeah. Also, I want some closure on that foster boy that um, Buddy had. Oh, yeah. My favorite storyline of the show, <laughs> which, like, they really let let go. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot about him. I forget his name, too. Oh, my God, my whole leg is asleep. This has got to stop. I feel like his name started with an S. <laughs> Shit, I don't know. Hmm. I have no earthly idea. No, I don't remember either. Well, well, whatever. Oh, I really liked the um, storyline about Vince's girlfriend, like, wanting to become a football coach. Oh, my God. And then when she, like, has to get um, Coach's recommendation for this, like, camp. And she's like, did you write the recommendation yet? And he's like, what? I called the coach on the phone and told him you should get it. Like, I (laughs) Like, I just love that Coach is, like, so not, like, a coddling person. Like, it's just like, what, what, why are you bothering me? I already, like, 
did the recommendation for you. What are you talking about? Yeah. I think that's refreshing because I think a lot of um, high school shows, it's very like the adult figures have to be like the like cushy. Yeah, but even Tammy is a little bit like you need to get your stuff together. What's going on? Tammy reminds me of my mom. Yeah, or like more of a listener and then a real talker. Well, and like also just like practical advice. Mm-hmm. Like I think she like she and my mom is the same way where it's like okay like things are pretty effed up but like we have, <laughs> there there's some steps you can take to like minimally get you back like on a normal ish track. Yeah, and here and here's the list. Get it done. Right. Right. Um. Yeah. Mary Kate and I are gonna watch season two of The OC. Um, when she comes back in town. Yes. We have, like, only a few days to do it. I'm like, do you think we can finish? She's like, yeah, I do. Yes. Oh, my God. I can't wait to talk to you about season two of the OC. It's beautiful. I, okay. Well, season season one, we really left in a bad in a bad way. Yeah. They cleaned that up pretty quick. Okay. Good. <laughs> I've been really worried about it. Um. Okay, we can talk about Game of Thrones now. I just wanted to let everyone know, since it's been, like, since the beginning of this podcast, I've been trying to watch <laughs> Friend Daylight. So, everyone, it's done. It's over. Yeah. Okay. So, that was Teen Show Corner. Like teen we Show said, Corner, as 25% always. of yeah. Teen Show Podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah, Game of Thrones, man. Um, I think, like, I don't know. I mean, I saw something where it was, like, no, you're never going to, like, the finale of something because it's like especially if it's something you love because you don't really want it to be over okay that's and i (laughs) sorry Um, it is well part of me agrees with that just because i think that a finale like even a final season of something like always has this different flavor to it than other like i don't know basically what i missed about this season was i just missed like when we were all having a great time um like making jokes about like you know, the old Sansa Stark can't come to the phone right now because she's right. dead. You know, like, um, I just miss those days. But I don't think I, I would say that I, like, hated the last season. But, like, okay. not enough I, Sansa for my flavor. I hated the last season. <laughs> so, I mean, maybe it's good. We don't – we usually agree, so. Yeah. I mean, I think it's also – I mean, there are definitely things that were not my favorite, and it's certainly not ever going to be my favorite season of the show or whatever. But I also just, like – I don't know. I was like, this is a show I've liked, so I'm just going to accept what's happening and move forward. <laughs> See, to me, this season felt like fan fiction. Like, it felt like – Yeah. It just didn't feel the same. And and I think part of that was the pacing. Like, it's mm-hmm. like in previous seasons, like, how many fucking hours did we spend following Bran Stark in the forest? too many for yeah. my liking and right. um and then this season it's like oh well we killed the night king episode three and then mm-hmm. we're gonna like finish the entire show and two more ep- like it's just like it was yeah. too many things yeah well and i think one of the things i think that david and dan the creators of the show your boys dave and dan <laughs> david and dan um i think their skill was adapting like, mm-hmm. I think that they were brilliant oh. adapters of George R. R. Martin's books. Okay. Like, I think they made a lot of really savvy choices in paring down those books and making – and, like, telling – like, pulling out the most, like, interesting and cool – I mean, they really fucked up the Martells, but, like, whatever, we forgive them for it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but 
I think that they were like so good at adapting. And I think that they had always assumed when they began this project almost 10 years ago that the last two books would be finished. Yeah. And so I think that's where it's like it's a totally different skill to be creating. And it's also possible I think that George R. R. Martin like didn't have – he probably had like a rough outline of what he wanted to do with the last last book and like last – maybe last two. But he – you know, and I think that's that's where it's evident in this last season where, like, I think probably the last two seasons were probably from this one that hasn't come out yet mm-hmm. where he's been working on it and he knows a lot of the beats already. But then the last season is from the seventh book where he might just have, like, a, a general idea. And yeah. then so they were doing a lot of inventing, which, like, is a totally different animal than having to adapt something, which I think that's what they were really good at. Right. Well, and I also think they were so eager to get onto Star Wars that, like, they, like, they're like, oh, we're only doing, was it six episodes? I mean, th- that's just not enough. Yeah. I mean, they were, most of them were, like, almost an hour and a half long. Okay. Well, it's still not enough. But I agree. Like, I think that if they had slowed down the pacing of a lot of that stuff, it would have been a lot easier to handle or, like, could have felt a little bit more genuine and natural but I did like some of the themes that they tried to bring out of this idea of like and again like they didn't do it as elegantly as maybe they could have but I liked the idea of you know like any idea of an absolute absolute ruler is flawed and also like war itself is not glorious or like interesting it's actually disgusting and and I think they did a good job kind of highlighting that and like saying like no it's not like heroic to be a part of war it's terrible yeah i mean but not enough like honestly the show should have the last season should have just been six episodes of sansa and i would have been pleased i mean there are episodes where sansa wasn't (laughs) even in them so i know flawed um but i but i also think that part of that though i think one of my biggest disappointments was that for so long the like one of the like guiding forces of the show was this idea of like the Starks are apart and we want them to be together and like the Starks are apart and so everything's gone to shit and if they come together like it'll be better and like one of the best moments of the entire series in my opinion is when John and Sansa reunite and it's like just this beautiful moment of catharsis and then it leads to the Battle of the Bastards which I think is one of the best episodes of the show agreed and, and like, leads to a really interesting character arc for Sansa and even for Jon. And then I think that, like, all of the Starks are together in this last season and they barely spend any time talking to one another. <laughs> and then at the end, it's like they all go in their separate ways. And I was like, no. Yeah. Like, they should at least be writing letters. Like, why, why is Jon spending all of his time talking to Danny and Tyrion and not Sansa? Or, yeah. like, Arya. Like, why do they not have more scenes together? It didn't make any sense to me. Well, and I think it's, yeah, it's something we've craved in the show for so long mm-hmm. and been waiting for for so long. And then we, like, don't really get the reward. It's like, right. it's like all that, like, that one episode where I was, like, very concerned that they were going to hook up Theon and Sansa. I'm like, why the Ugh. fuck is, like, Arya having sex with Gendry and Sansa, like, looking starry-eyed at Theon. Like, why? Like, this is not how you spend your last night on Earth. You spend it with your family. <laughs> Hugging. Like, Hugging. come on. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think for me, like, so I- I'll be honest, like, after the show ended, I literally, like, 
I was furiously mad. I had people over at my house and was basically like, you need to all leave. Because <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> I was just so upset. And um, I, I like just like got in the bathtub and like cried. And I think, I think that what that was all about was basically that I felt like Game of Thrones had set up a show where like yeah we had patriarchy and yeah we had a lot of men but like we had so many powerful women like we Mm -hmm. had like we had like Brienne and we had Arya and we had Sansa and we had even Cersei I I mean I love Cersei sorry I won't apologize for it I mean she's Um, a great character she is a good character um and then when the show ends it's like we kind of like not like it's like who's on the king's council it's like Brienne kind of like she's the only woman like the show ends basically with them talking about brothels and like and like Sansa's queen (laughs) of the north great I mean okay she should be queen of fucking everything and then her dumb (laughs) brother who I have hated for the whole show is king who has like done literally nothing like I just I like I think like I understand this whole idea of like oh the wheel break the wheel or whatever but like when Tyrion got up and was making that speech about like you know this is about stories and no one has a better story and I'm like then Sansa Stark nobody has a better story than Sansa Stark and I honestly (laughs) felt very betrayed by the whole thing because I sort of felt like Tyrion should be loyal to Sansa number one because he's her Mm ex-husband and number two because like he sees how strong she is and how but she's learned, like, Sansa's the only person who's actually governed before. And so, yeah. like, I like I sort of felt like in this moment in time where we're going through a presidential election and where everybody is saying, like, a woman will never be president, a woman can never be president, like, a woman yeah. will never win. It's like, well, like, now that's been affirmed in yeah. our media, too. It's like, well, you know, even though Sansa's the best gal for the job, we're going to give it to Bran. But I don't think Sansa would want to be queen of westeros like i think she wanted to be queen of the north like she did not want the north to be part of the I seven don't care kingdoms what she wants i'm talking <laughs> about what's best for the people um well they a lot of them can come up and join them in the north and have a nice time i don't know it just it I felt also, disappointing to me yeah i get that and i also think that it makes no sense to me like I liked that Brienne had that moment where she, like, fills in all that stuff about Jamie and becomes captain of the Kingsguard. But I was like, it makes no sense that she would leave Sansa. She would be captain of her Queensguard yeah. and be super happy because they're, like, tight. Like, well, why Why would she be like, I want to leave you to be with Bran? Well, and I sort of – I kind of hated Brienne's arc, too, because it's like Brienne's arc becomes about her pining after Jamie. And it's, like, her last, like, most moving scene is her writing about his heroic deeds. And so, like, once again, like, women's – like, the women's deeds are completely Mm -hmm. not acknowledged or, like, talked about. Yeah, no, I totally see that. And then I think – I don't know. Well, and I, also I didn't like how that... Cersei went out either. Like, I mean, I li- yeah. I actually liked. I think I might be the only person who was like happy that Jamie and Cersei like were together in the end. Mm. Am I fucked up for that? Maybe, but <laughs> um, but I like I sort of felt like I just G- think like that, Jamie... that part wasn't earned because like Jamie coming back, like Jamie leaving in general, took so much character development yeah and then finally like he leaves and then a couple episodes later like for not even that good of a reason he's like i gotta go 
Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I think that ultimately, though, there's something nice about the idea that, like, Jamie can dislike a lot of the things that Cersei does, but ultimately, like, he still loves her. Always. Yeah. And, like, yeah. the most, always. And, like, I just never really... Like, I liked the idea that Brienne had a crush on Jamie. Like, I thought that was kind of endearing for her and, like, gave her some humanity. But, like, I sort of would have preferred that that remained that way and, like, Jamie just, like, had a lot of respect for her and, like, cared about her a lot. Well, see, I always felt like it was more like she had a lot of respect for him and cared about him and that he kind of was, like, developing these feelings that he didn't know what to do with for her. And, like, especially because how they set it up in those episodes where he comes back is, like, he is fully, like, obsessed with her. Like, staring at her all the time and, like, looking at her with this, like, such genuine reverence and love. And it's almost like because she is such the antithesis to Cersei in so many ways and she sees, like – she sees him for, like, almost the person that he wants to be, whereas Cersei is, like, not that she sees, like, the negative in him, but she's, like, who cares about all that stuff? It's just, it's, like, you and me. Like, that's our thing. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I never necessarily needed that to be consummated, but I, I liked that, I liked the idea of the two of them having this, like, really genuine respect for one another, and then I feel like that is kind of taken away. Yeah, I don't, I just, didn't, I didn't like it. I didn't like how that was dealt with. Yeah, and I think it could have been, they could have had some kind of storyline for Brienne where it was about her trying to figure out her role now that she kind of has been successful in keeping Sansa safe and providing her counsel. And maybe she could have been Sansa's hand. Like, come on. Yeah. I also I don't, don't like the idea, like, so Sansa is Queen of the North now. Great, she's alone. Yes. Because, and guess what? Thank Sansa you. also has never had a sex positive relationship in her life. Sad. It is sad. Like I like I wanted her and like Podrick to get together. Same. Anyone. Anyone. I mean, not anyone though. Like, I mean I anyone know. good I mean, no okay. one's good enough for Sansa on that show, but it was no like, I mean, come on. Okay, it's so like, like I mean, so who else though would be good enough? It's like, okay, Podrick. I mean And it's it's that's like it. okay. I understand. Actually, Tyrion. I'm frankly really, really, I ship it hard. (laughs) I also, so I think, like, I, I understand liking the idea of, like, Sansa not having, it's like her arc had nothing to do with romance. And I think that that's great, especially because it changes the, like, her narrative, like, there's nobody who has more character development than Sansa, where it was like, it started out and she's like, I want to be someone's queen and have their babies and it's going to be awesome. And she's punished severely for that when it's how she was raised. Um, And I like that. But I also think that what you said is so important, this idea of, And first of all, it's like it's not wrong to want someone to fall in love. Like that's not inherently anti-feminist. It's just like when it's – that's the only piece of their character, that's when it sucks. But I think what you said about Sansa never having a sex-positive relationship in her life, like I think that that's terrible. And like – and I I love the idea that they were setting her up almost like a Queen Elizabeth. Yeah. But still, no. Yeah. I mean I also just – I really Or just give her a friend. Like, yeah, give her a friend. <laughs> give her – I mean, well, and it's also – so it's, like, her whole family's gone. She's, like, alone in the north. There's, like, a bunch of men with beards. Like, Lady Mormont isn't around to, like, for her to mentor. No. Um, But I also hated the Arya-Gendry 
like sex oh i didn't stuff. mind that i i did not need that like to me i didn't like, need it but i didn't mind it i didn't i like i just sort of felt like I would have rather have that time been like her and the hound bantering. That's what I'm mm. here for. I love <laughs> I love the hound. I will not apologize for it. All I want is them. Yeah. And I did like in the next episode though where or the next the not the next but the one after that where Gendry is like I I like I love you and let's get married and yeah, Arya's and like oh my god like, yeah no. and that's not me. <laughs> yeah, well, I also just felt like the whole, like, Arya being, like, an explorer was, like, mm-hmm. really came out of nowhere for me. Yeah. Like, I sort of was like, why? Like, I I don't, <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, that to me, like, it wasn't like they had been, like, planting the seed for that. Like, I would have mm-hmm. liked it better if she went up to the wall with John and was like, that's fine, we can hang. I'll help train the boys. Yeah. I don't know. I get that, like, she has, like, a curiosity for, like, what's out there. And, like, now that it's acceptable, before her curiosity was about, like, boyish stuff and, like, fighting and whatever. And, like, now that she kind of mastered that, she's like, okay, well, like, what's next? So, like, that to me makes some amount of sense. But I also was like, why are you leaving? Yeah. Sansa just got a job she's not 100% prepared for, but yet she kind of is. But she definitely needs her sister. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I really liked how they, like, had Arya being, like, Sansa's the smartest person I know to John oh. when he's, like, trying to talk shit about her. I'm like, yeah, she is. Maybe I was yeah. like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, how did you feel about the Daenerys trajectory? I thought it made sense. Like, I've never yeah, been a Daenerys too. fan. Me neither. I thought it was too fast. Yeah. But I liked I, – I think what I said earlier is, like, that applies to – the Daenerys thing where it's like, look, any person that's seeking absolute control over any group of people is like inherently going to have like a major flaw. Yeah. And that is the idea that they think that they deserve by birth to rule a large group of people. Right. Um, And I think it also makes 100% sense to me that Daenerys has tried for like is so used to walking into places and being like lifted up in the air and being like you're our mom and you know just being like loved immediately and and in Westeros they're all kind of like we're good like we've got plenty of blonde women fucking up our lives and we don't need another (laughs) one (laughs) yeah um and so it makes a lot of sense to me that a person like that who has only ever been justified in her belief that she is like almost like sent like by, you know, some higher being to be this like ruler is going to have a hard time swallowing that the people don't just love her and using like terrible force then to try to get that. Yeah. I I mean I also think I like I sort of felt like they had pumped up Daenerys like so much throughout this time and I think like a lot mm-hmm. of people believed that she would be on the throne at the end. Yeah. And um I so I I guess the only thing I just sort of felt like which again is like a women's issue is like okay, so you have like a limited number of female characters left mm-hmm. and one of them you're just going to have go crazy. And so to me, if you're going to do that, then you have to have another one take her spot. 
Yeah. Well, I think that, like, Sansa in a lot of ways is that person, but they didn't give her enough to do. Like, they spent so much time talking about Daenerys's mental state and stuff. Right. And, like, how are we feeling about Daenerys today, you guys? And it was like, yeah. oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. So part of me, though, feels like this – I mean, I don't really believe that the books will ever be finished – but yeah, I don't either. I feel like this final season is almost the best reason to watch it or read it just to be like, well, what was the plan? Oh, I'll read it. I mean, and like, I mean, before I was like, probably not. Like those books were already getting a little unwieldy. <laughs> but now I think I'll, I'll, I will. Yeah, I will read it. Just in the hopes that something different happens than in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. What else? Oh, I sort of felt like there's, like, the whole idea of, like, oh, we broke the wheel. Like, I now just feel like Mm. Tyrion is king now, basically. Because, like, Bran is, like, going off and, like, whatever, daydreaming in his room. Where, like, and Tyrion's, like, running the city. So, like, to me, I'm like, great. So we just have always kind of functioned with, like, kings and, like, their small council is supposed to be the one that, like, kind of runs everything. And they're, like, almost like a figurehead. I guess. But so I'm like, so how is this really any different? Yeah, I don't know. I don't really know that they even – I wouldn't necessarily call what they did breaking the wheel. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess the thing is is that Bran can't have children. Yeah. I don't um, – I don't know. I don't know. I just, you know. The, when the guy um, – when they have that, like, weird council meeting to try to figure out who the next ruler should be – yeah, and that one guy stands up who's like, what is he? They're assaulting. Oh, Edmir Tully. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh. That I was like, this is every man in law school. <laughs> like, it, it really was. Um, I just think that maybe I could be, and then Sansa in her best moment was like, sit down. Have a seat. Yeah. Get out. Have a seat. Um I didn't I didn't like the whole like I don't know. Jon Snow was a huge disappointment to me this whole season. I mean, he's never been my favorite. And so, I mean, like, I've always liked Jon, but he's never been, like, the reason I watched the show. I think he's And then, And then, yeah, I mean, he became this, like, really central figure. And I was like, I mean, okay, but... uh, You were more of a Rob fan, right? Yes. I mean, I'm even less of a Rob fan. But, I mean, I, like... I don't know. I guess I didn't know, like, for a while that he was going to die. But it was also, like, again, like, it wasn't necessarily that I would have been, like, rooting for Rob to have the Iron Throne. Right. Like, ultimately, like, I mean, I've always, my favorite character has always been Sansa. And I've I've never been that interested in, like, who's going to win. Even one? Yes. Really? Wow, you're a loyalist. Well, well, because reading Aria the books, was my like favorite for a while. S- Sansa was always just like in the parts that I was most interested in, which was like That's the true. conniving and like the intrigue and like um, that was what I liked. And so, like to me, I also was like thinking about this last season, and I was like, okay, I don't really care about the White Walkers, even though oh I do God, think that that episode either. was like felt like the most exciting in a lot of ways, like for like. It felt a lot like a classic Game of Thrones episode to me. Yeah. Um, but I was also like, I also don't 
specifically care who's sitting on the Iron Throne at the end of the show. Like, I care more about, like, all of the political maneuverings in general. So, like, who's going to win the Great War doesn't really matter to me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's true. I think um, I also was disappointed that the White Walkers were not, like, more explained to me. Yeah, like, all their designs. Well, like, what are they? Like, like, I just sort of, like, I understand, like, their, like, origin story, but I just wanted mm-hmm. more about, like, why is he trying to overtake this part? Like, what, yeah. like, what's the motive? Like, I just didn't really get him. <laughs> like, I sort of was, like, basically, like, we're fighting an ice cube who, like, does not have, like, we don't know anything about them. Yeah. Whereas, like, to well, me, I was way more interested in, like, Cersei, because I'm, like, I understand oh, Cersei, and I know what her motives are, and so it was, like, a lot more interesting to, like, see the two forces, whereas, like, for this, I'm, like, oh, okay, so you're just, like, a, like, flood of ice destruction? Like, okay, yeah. why? <laughs> like, I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, again, I think it's that issue of, like, I don't know that George R. R. Martin ever fully figured that out. And it's, like, such a, like, the first chapter of the entire series is, like, the reveal of the White Walkers. And so yeah, it's almost, up like, forever. Yeah, so there's, like, this idea of, like, oh, well, they, they, like, must be important. And then, like, I don't know if it was David and Dan that had to decide, like, what that was about. Or if it, George was, like, I haven't really figured that one out yet. <laughs> well, you know, in the end when like john walks into the woods with the wildlings like i sort mm. of thought like oh are these people like the new children of the forest i mean was maybe that what i was trying to say like i was like but eh. like the children of the forest are like mystical yeah well they can do magic but my my brother was like very stuck on he was like okay like why is there a night's watched what are they guarding against that's true it's true i was like i don't know folks like <laughs> if there are if any people bad get a little out of out line yeah, beyond the wall like who knows well it kind of seems like the white walkers just got rid of all of them though so it's like it seems <laughs> like it's just empty out there russell was like what is there to guard against i don't understand i was like now it's just kind of like a, a working jail now it's just prison yeah it's, <laughs> it's just it's like alcatraz I saw a meme, though, that was, like, you know that end scene of Legally Blonde where it shows, like, all the characters and how they end up at the end of law school? And when it shows Warner, it's, like, Warner graduated without honors, like, no offers. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. like, no girlfriends. And yeah. it was, like, it said, like, Jon Snow, colon, graduated without <laughs> honor. <laughs> that is funny. Yeah. Oh, can you read the quote that um, made both of us cry about Sansa? Oh, um so i saw a tweet that was like um ned told sansa that he was going to find her somebody gentle and brave and true and she found it in herself (laughs) i know oh my god i know beautiful it is beautiful but that doesn't mean she can't have a freaking friend or just like uh i would have been honestly happy to have like a shot yeah for sure Danny got to have those. I know. Like, Dario Naharis can Sansa oh Dario, Dario Naharis could sail across the <laughs> narrow sea. And, he, like, I mean. He was definitely the hottest person we've ever had on that show. Oh, God. Okay. And you know something Sorry. that I just don't, like, I don't want to get explicit, but I just don't <laughs> think that this has been talked about enough. I don't believe that Daenerys would fall in love with Jon when her last sexual relationship was with Dario. Because I'm sorry, but there's no way that Jon Snow is better at sex than Dario. There's just not a possibility. (laughs) 
Well, I 100% agree with you. Number like I know that Egret trained him, but not no. Well, I think <laughs> I I think that part of the problem. So, I also could never get behind the Jon Snow Daenerys like relationship because I and I think part of the reason was was we had him and Egret and so I'm like, "Oh, this was real." Whereas like, mm. I mean, it's so real they got married in real life. Yeah. But like, but I think then there was like development and like all this stuff and then now like mm-hmm. seeing him with Danny I'm like this is not the same I don't feel the same like my, I remember my mom saying like at one point like when Sam and Gilly like the Sam and Gilly sex scene uh, and my mom was like yuck this is not what we want all we want no. the only thing we want to see is John and Egret I'm like mom yeah. or Dario or Dario Daenerys or just Dario on his own just Dario <laughs> um yeah no I ugh yeah, yuck. Foul. Foul. Um, <laughs> but just, yeah, I was just, just like, I don't, I think that like them being in love with each other was not. They rushed it. It was not set up well enough. No. I mean, I kind of buy it from John because it's just like, he he's just doesn't such a have. Loser. He's just so, I mean. Yeah. And I also think so that like damaged. both, like both him and Rob like have that same, I, I'm surprised like he did like. I don't know. I think he genuinely did love Egret, but I think that both he and Rob, like part of the reason that, and especially in the books, that Rob marries Jane that mistake of a girl, <laughs> Jane, t- Talisa, or whatever the fuck, <laughs> um, Jane or Talisa, one of the two, <laughs> that life ruiner, <laughs> is because it's like they have sex, and then he's like he remembers the whole like John Bastard Snow thing, thing yeah. and he's like, oh, like. You know, my dad didn't raise me to like have mistresses and bastards. Like, I, like, well, I need he, to be honorable. Yeah, he supposedly had one and then actually didn't. But yeah, um, jeez, yeah, Louise. no, I think I think it's also bizarre too because she's taller than him in real er, in the show too, and so it's just like I I never really realized how short John was until this season. Yeah. Like he he is a small. Which, like, I mean, as we know, I like it, but um, <laughs> but John's never been for me. No. Um, and, like, I think he's where fi- he ended nice. up, he's fine. But, yeah, it was just, like, him, like, no, again, like, that's why I think, like, his greatest arc is, like, being reunited with Sansa. And, like, when she, he's, like, she's, like, well, where are you going to go now? Like, you're leaving the Night's Watch because he's, like, there's a loophole. They killed me. <laughs> Oh, so yeah. I get to leave this fucking place now. And Oh yeah. And he's LOL. like, Where will where will we go? And you're like, Oh. Yeah. And so like that begins this like really lovely, like taking back, I don't know, the like stark relationship. Like it's just nice. Um but yeah, I just never needed him to be such a central player. Yeah. In that some of that stuff. Well, and I honestly do not believe that he was capable of killing Daenerys. <laughs> I don't, I don't, like, I really don't. Yeah, I could see him, like, kind of not being able to do that. I think Sansa could. Oh, for sure. Arya could have. I know. I think if having Arya kill the Night King and Daenerys would have been too much, but I would actually really would have liked it if Sansa, like, was like, you know what, I poisoned you. <laughs> <laughs> I would have loved a good, like... What I was really envisioning is, like, Arya marching out of the wreckage from King's Landing and just immediately stabbing her. Just being like, this well, is over. Actually, You're done. <laughs> you know what I actually really wanted? 
You know what? when you know when Tyrion took off his hand pin? Mm. I wanted him to just like shove it in her jugular. <gasps> that would have been so cool. He would have been that, toast. But like he would have been speared instantly by Grey Worm. But, but like, it would have okay. been it would have been fine. It would have like I sort of felt like Tyrion has been such a huge player, and yet mm-hmm. I don't know. He never gets any action. I know. I think my favorite Tyrion moment um, this whole season was when he kissed Sansa's hand. Oh, God. Yes. Well, see, I, was, again, I thought okay, they were so setting like, it up to, like... like <laughs> yes! Like, that, like, those two have chemistry. I and, know. Like, like, they act really well together, and it's interesting, but they just didn't give... Listen. Like, they give him all those monologues, and all Sansa got to do was be like, I don't like the queen. And it was like, okay, please elaborate. Like, where are there ep- where are there episodes of, like, Sansa, like, now that Sansa and Arya are clearly friends, where are they having conversations? Like, we need to talk to our dumb brother I know. about his girlfriend. Like, sorry I wanted fucking Sansa to be Sansa and Tyrion to be Blair Waldorf and Chuck Bass. Like, sorry, that's Ooh. so much to ask. <laughs> um, God. I mean... Come on. Now I, I'm really on this, like, Dario sailing across the sea. Somebody was like, I wonder how Marine's doing under Dario's control. Probably terrible. Probably terrible. <laughs> he's not the sharpest tool, but God, does he look good. Yeah, well, that's why he's going to come. Now this is canon. He's coming to Winterfell to solve solve some problems for Sansa. He has no power. No, none. But he's there. He's around. Listen, he he can just be like a Jorah Mormont figure where he just is like, oh God, help us, my queen. (laughs) I fucking hated Jorah. He was so boring. I mean, it just like I burst out laughing though when he says to Daenerys, "Um, "When you made Tyrion your hand, I was heartbroken." Like, here is a guy that has only ever been kicked by this woman and loves her anyway. Okay, let's not forget when he almost betrayed her or tried to betray her. Never forget that. Yeah, but, like, I don't know. I never have forgiven him for that. I'm like, oh, you messed up once, you're done. I don't trust you. (laughs) I don't. I'm sorry. Like, Mm -mm. it just, like, you don't get to, you don't get to be shitty and then, like, be like, oh, well... Now I've done a few nice things for but you. But he didn't he didn't know that she he was she was gonna be who she was. Oh, like he, at first, he just thought she was like a young 14-year-old that he was gonna sell yeah. anyway. Yeah, still fucked. Yeah. Still fucked Audrey. <laughs> I mean it was bad, but he was like he didn't have a choice because he's like the prisoner from he, like I don't know, selling slaves a, or whatever he, he did. He does have a choice. Yeah, I know. It's like <laughs> let's not forget that he was a bad person. Flawed. He was flawed. No, like he was all bad. of us are. Oh my god. <laughs> No, I just have never been a Jorah fan. My friend I mean, when he got is a gra- big Jorah fan, but... When he got grade scale, I was like, all right, see you later. Like, I don't... I was like, I good. Care. And then we had to watch that gross scene where Sam <laughs> saves him. <laughs> where Sam, Sam skins him alive. <laughs> so thanks for the memories, Jorah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, he sucked. Oh, yeah, yeah. Speaking of sucked. <laughs> he really sucked. Um, all right. So, I mean, should we talk about the book? Yeah, I guess. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to think if there's anything else I wanted to say about Game of Thrones, though. Do I just I mean, want ulti- to move on? Yeah. <laughs> um, I think ultimately, like, 
Was the last season my favorite? No. Was it still a show that I'm glad that I watched and really think did some interesting – like, yes. So – See, I – And, like, also just, like, Sansa forever. Like, thank you for giving me this wonderful character. Very excited to see Sophie in Dark Phoenix. I think that, honestly, I'm going to move forward pretending, though, as though this season does not exist. Mm, That's fair. Like, I could see, like – not really feeling the need to rewatch this season. Yeah, I would if I rewatched the show, I would definitely skip this season. Yeah. Um I that that feels fair to me. Um just to stay on like an adjacent topic for a little while. Um Wait, wait, wait. Rachel, oh, oh sorry. sorry. I was just Are you moving say Are you moving us. on from Game of Thrones or no? No, it's adjacent. Basically, um I'm very happy for Sophie Turner and Joe Jonas. Oh. Well, um she could do better. Only because well, not not that I'm disputing she could do better, but I think they're actually really like a lovely couple. Um, I just think she's too young. I, Sorry, but she's oh she's too young. But um, Rachel and Lauren were watching the Jonas Brothers documentary. Oh wow! And <laughs> and they were talking about how like when they like broke up, like Nick and Joe had like resented Kevin for basically prioritizing his family over their music. Oh my god, are you kidding me? And Joe was talking about, like, how dumb he feels about that now, where he was like, I mean, he was like, I mean, my love was music, so I didn't really get it, and now it's like, I'll do anything to see Sophie for an hour. And I was like, oh, good. That's so lovely. That is lovely. I mean, I'm happy for her. I I wish him the best. Yeah, I wish him the best, for sure. Sorry, um, I just wanted to talk about The Hound for, like, one second, just because... Oh, please. Um... As, like, in my definitely my top five favorites, I feel like mm. I need to say a proper goodbye. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved him and Arya's goodbye. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that they had a long ride down to King's Landing where I'm sure they, you know, chatted. I hated the fight between him and the mountain. <laughs> one of the harder things to watch on television ever. Um... <laughs> The mountain, that that scene, he looked like a dead Varys, which was hard Ugh. because Varys had been killed earlier that episode, and so it was kind yeah. of like, ugh. Or was he? Or was that the episode before? I can't remember. Um, I think it's the episode after. No, no, it's that episode. Mountain, it's that episode. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's that episode because this is the one before the finale. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I don't know. I was very sad about the Varys death. Like, and yeah, the fact too. that Tyrion turned him in, I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. And like, I, I was like, you're just as guilty. Like, I don't, like, I just didn't get like what he was up to. <laughs> I know. And he knew what was going to happen. And, and I just feel like Varys, like as sneaky and sketchy as he is, like, I sort of felt like he always wanted the best for the kingdom and i kind of always yeah. felt like he should have been on that council at the end like he should have yeah. been telling everyone who sh- the king should be and maybe he would have picked right he would have picked sansa and <laughs> <laughs> like Tyrion, who picked fucking bran yeah <sighs> um but anyway i i don't know i i wish the hound could have gone on to be the head of um sansa's army uh, and protected beautiful. her or just like been her bodyguard basically been what the mountain was to cersei 
Mm. But, Mm -hmm. or that he and Arya could have gone off exploring together, which apparently is her her passion. Um, Yeah. But, you know, he went out with a bang. He took down the toughest guy ever. Yep. Who may or may not have been human. (laughs) Was not. Was was fully not. Definitely not human. I did like that Grand Maester Pizel or whatever got his head just smushed. Oh, for sure. Similarly Loved to that. Oberyn Martell, another one of the hot characters on the show. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, after this episode, maybe we should just make a Dario Naharis appreciation podcast. Oh, remember, <laughs> remember season two when um, Dario was a different actor? Yeah. Thank God they changed hot. him. Did yeah. you know that that actor is in Nashville? As who? He plays that, like, kind of bad news guy who gets Scarlet hooked on, um, like, sleeping pills or whatever she is taking. Oh. And he also dates Reyna. Gross. Yeah. He's terrible news. But it kind of is weird <laughs> because uh, Scarlet kind of looks like Daenerys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Similar hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anyway. All right, I'm, I've run out of things to say about it. A- end of the day, <laughs> disappointed, but love the show. Mm-hmm. I'm grateful that they didn't bring Catelyn Stark back as, like, a zombie. Lady Stoneheart. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sad that we never got to see Nymeria again, Arya's dire wolf, which I, like, thought was coming any moment all the time. Yeah. Yeah, I felt like they had said kind of last season, though, when she does show up, that it was, like, basically her saying goodbye. Wait, she did show up last season? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. I mean, because it was such a nothing scene. Oh, I was like, oh, I totally okay. forgot that happened. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, at least they, like, kind of addressed it. Although, fucking, yeah. like, they didn't address Ghost's lost ear. <laughs> like, like, it's like, oh, here's Ghost finally again, and he's missing an ear, and no one said anything. <laughs> Tormund just taking terrible care of him. <laughs> Tormund. Oh, God, what a great guy. Uh, at a least, fan At babe. least Jon Snow has a fan. He has another yeah. redhead to keep him company in the North. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So, we read Devil in the White City. And, okay, so look, I I feel like the people that I have talked to about this book have been like, oh, it's a great book. I'm so excited. <laughs> and it's like, and I, how I, did this I, win so many awards, too? Like, good God. <laughs> and it's like, I don't want to insult anyone, but it's like, it, it was not my book is maybe what I'll say. Okay, I hated it. <laughs> It was, it was also, like, I was reading it in the winter, and it was, like, I was already taking time out of, you know, like, being busy with school stuff to read it, and so it was, like, really what I wanted was, like, something fun. Yeah, it wasn't fun. It wasn't fun. It was, it was boring. <laughs> it was really boring. I think it was just, well, I, I think maybe if I gave any amount of shits about the World Fair... <laughs> <laughs> I would have liked it Wait, more. should I read a summary of what this book is? Yeah. <laughs> By who? David Larson? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Here's Wikipedia. Um, okay. <laughs> okay. The book is shut, set in Chicago in 1893, interweaving the true tales of Daniel H. Burnham, 
the architect behind the 1893 World Fair, and Dr. H.H. Mm. H. Holmes, a pharmacist and serial killer who lured his victims to their desk, deaths in his elaborately constructed murder castle. The Devil in the White City is divided into four parts, the first three happening in Chicago. Part four takes place in Philadelphia. Blah, blah, it blah. Does. <laughs> I finished this last night. I don't remember that. Um, yeah. So the story of Daniel Burnham is his building of the fair and the struggles he overcomes form one plot line. The other, a vivid and very different plot line, is that of Dr. H.H. H. Holmes, a mentally unstable pharmacist slash doctor who forms a plan to use an abandoned lot across the street from his pharmacy to lure and kill multiple victims. Was he mentally unstable? I don't know that that's been established. I mean, I think anyone who's murdering people is probably a little mentally unstable. I mean, yeah, but it wasn't like... I mean, I would call the guy, like, the random plot line that they also have in this book about the guy who murders the mayor. Like, I would call him mentally unstable. I would call H.H. H. Holmes a psychopath. Mm. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, basically, what this book is about is them building the World's Fair. It's a lot about architecture. And it talks about, like, seven men who are constantly getting sick or having trouble and Mm -hmm. it's also like the great depression so they have no money really so like they're all constantly worrying about that and then they have to build the world's fair in like a very short period of time and they do and it's fine i just i guess i wish i knew why it mattered that the world's fair existed what is the World's Fair? Like, it was a fair. I mean, what like, was the I, point of it? I don't know. My favorite part of the book was like one moment where there was a controversy about a Buffalo Bill exhibit oh, and yeah. a church. And Susan B. Anthony says oh, – fuck yeah. Or, Susie. Susan B. Anthony was asked, would you rather your son attend the Buffalo Bill exhibit than church? And she said, yes, he would learn far more. Yeah, I love like, that yeah. too. <laughs> Susie. She's the so best. So that, that was maybe the one – um, moment of joy that I experienced reading this book. Yeah. Well, so, okay. And so then the then there's this other plot line. So it's like basically every other chapter. So half of it you're talking about the World's Fair and then half of it you're talking about H.H. H. Holmes. And like, mm-hmm. I mean, I think that H.H. H. Holmes could have had, like that could have been an interesting book in its own right. But I think mm-hmm. also maybe because this was like straight nonfiction, like we didn't have yeah. enough. Yeah, I just wish, like, I wanted to hear more. Like, they made it seem like he was, like, stalking the fair and, like, luring victims. And it just, like, it was just very, like... Well, they don't really have any evidence. Like, like I don't... Like, they, they only have stuff to support, like, the people that they know went missing. Like, for example, people that... He, like, all the women he claimed to have married, basically, who then went missing. Or, like, people that yeah. they know was, were there. But... Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I guess, that like, the fact that the murder castle exists, but... Yeah, I guess, like, I just felt like the, like, the text itself, like, the, like, the prose of it was just not, like, it was so, like, bad, like, a text, like, it was like a textbook. Okay. Whereas, like, I, I think about, like, um, Ron Chernow's and Alexander Hamilton book, which I never really thought I would like, because I was, like, I'm not really into just, like dry biographies but it's really interesting and like compellingly written and so it's like all the like minutia of alexander hamilton's life like 
like every moment of it, you're like, wow, this is cool. Or like it's written with like a sense of humor and just like a sense of vibrancy where I felt like this book, I was like, oh my God. And again, just like, I don't know why I'm being asked to care about the World's Fair. I just don't know why that's something that matters. And maybe, yeah. I mean, Tyler and Ari live in Chicago. We're maybe visiting them it's in summer. A, it, yes. Maybe that's a huge part of their identity. Maybe. I, I don't get it. Well, I, I was talking – I was actually talking to my mom. So my mom also read this book recently and she's like, God, okay. enjoy it. Um, but, but she was like, yeah, like I went to go Google the world's fair and guess what? Did you know that they tore it all down? I'm like, yeah, mom, like it was temporary, <laughs> but she's like, what the fuck? Like, I, I was like, I'm supposed to care about this thing. There's like nothing left of it. Like, so I wasteful. can't visit it. I can't look at pictures. Like, yeah, it is wasteful well, actually, especially during the great depression. It's like you're building a huge steel Ferris wheel and you know, we need that for uh, stuff. That goddamn Ferris wheel. Oh my god, so many chapters about it. I know. And I kept waiting, it sounded, like, was there a disaster that happened with the Ferris wheel, I feel like? Maybe one person died, but they built it up like there was going to be, like, a mass tragedy, and it was, it seemed fine. I thought it was fine. I thought there were no deaths on it. Maybe not. I don't know. I, I I, there like... was, there was the fire in that, like, tower building. Mm-hmm. And that killed people. And that seemed to be, like, they didn't do a good job to, like, keeping stuff up to code, seems like. Yeah. Um, I did like that set when the fair was over and they had to talk about how they were going to get rid of it, that just setting it on fire was on the table. I know. that's That was what Burnham preferred. Yeah. Um, Like, can you imagine, like, if, like, a carnival ended or, like, the Olympics were over <laughs> and they just set it on fire? Like, we don't need this anymore. <laughs> yeah, just do a quick controlled burn. Well, um, and I also, I don't believe that they could have done a controlled burn in that time period. No, I don't think so either. They, <laughs> There's like, no way. I don't trust their fire hydrant system. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just, I also felt like, I didn't feel like there was enough of a connection between H.H. H. Holmes and the World's Fair to actually like, I agree. make it a thing. Like I like I sort of was like, why why are these two books together? I kept wondering, like, are there going to be elements? I mean, like, I guess they kind of go into this a little bit, but I thought it was going to be about like the elements of the World Fair that he was able to like exploit. Right, whereas it actually didn't seem that it was actually anything to do with the World's Fair. It was more the fact that, like, it was the first time that women were living independently and were, like, a little naive and didn't really, like, mm -hmm. they weren't, like, world-weary enough yet. Like, they didn't yes. know to, like, not trust people. Like, <laughs> like they just sort of were like, oh, like, I'm going to pack my trunk and head on to the city and get my job yeah. for the first time. And then... Like, he took advantage of that. But that didn't really actually seem to be connected to the World's Fair. It seemed to be more connected to the fact that women were working. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like there were, like, maybe two instances where I remember I'm like, all right, so he's he's walking with these women around the fair. This seems promising. And then it was just kind of like, and then they went home. Well, and I think if there had <laughs> been concrete evidence that he had done this on purpose where it was like, oh, yeah, and he killed tons of people in his murder castle who were staying at the fair. I mean, I guess that's kind of a link, but it's like, we don't know. It's like, well, yeah, okay. And it was like, well, hundreds of people went missing during the fair. And I'm like, okay, I don't think, I don't think H.H. H. Holmes killed them all. 
No. Um, it doesn't seem like his hotel was big enough to fit that many people in the first place. No. I don't know. But how many... So, okay, so... I'm gonna look up H.H. H. Holmes right now. Um... Because I feel like in the past I've heard more about him. Like, it seemed like this book knew very little <laughs> about it. <laughs> um, like, how many people did he kill? We don't know. I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I guess they don't know. Does it say on Wikipedia? Okay, nine confirmed and 27 confessed. Oh. Yeah. He also married multiple women. That sucked. Yeah. He's not that handsome. Like, they keep talking about how handsome he is. Like, I don't think anyone was handsome in this time period when they all had mustaches like that. Yeah, no, it's not great. Um, And I also just think, though, like, this book made me think about um, my – and I think we've talked about this before, but, like, my entry point into true crime and, like, what I like – And what I like is how the police catch someone. Like, I like hearing how they, like, pieced everything. Like, my favorite thing is when they're, like, and then the, like, then they realize that the 911 call was weird. And, like, they have, like, an analyst who's, like, a person normally when it's, like, a true moment of crisis wouldn't use that word. They, like, this word almost, like, implies that. And I'm, like, how, like, that to me is awesome. Like, that is my favorite thing. Or, like, that they, like, get a hit on Ancestry.com. Hello, Golden State Killer. Like, hi. Or... Or, like, the FBI makes a profile and then they're like, okay, like, well, this, you know, this placement of the body suggests this and blah, blah, blah. Like, that is what I like about true crime. I – and I'm, like, interested in the pathos of a killer, but I was just, like, there was not any of the stuff that I jam with in in this. And then it was, again, like, I just can't stress enough how much I don't care that the world's fair existed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think that, um, the only part that I liked of this book was the part where the detective was like going around all the hotels and like trying to figure out what had happened to those children. Mm. And like, like I thought that part was exciting. And, um, and the fact that he did find those bodies is like wild. Honestly. But, um, yeah, I think, I was honestly more interested in, like, what he said in his memoir. Like, I would have liked to – I think I just should have read that instead. Yeah. Because this was – I don't know. I I found the writing annoying. I found it, like – Yeah. Like, I I think it's just, like, another classic, like, I don't know, boy, like, like a Vincent Bugliosi. Like, oh. I actually, like, thought that (laughs) – I I liked that much better than I liked this. Yes. I – I hated how he kept leaving these, like, cliffhangers at the end of stuff. Like, it would yeah. be a few small weeks until we would know this. It's like, okay, well, thanks for, like... Like, well, what? And then I'd dun, be like, dun, oh, dun. okay, like, something... I think that's what he did about the Ferris wheel. And then I was like, <laughs> ooh, something's gonna happen with the Ferris wheel. Yes! Yeah. And then it was like, it stopped for 30 minutes, and people had to wait at the top. It was, like, super. I don't... Do you like going to the fair in general? No. Okay, me. <laughs> <laughs> what is there to like? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, 
I mean, the funnel cakes are great, but the rides, like, like it's it's dirty. Yeah. And, like, I feel like that they exploit people at those fairs. Yeah. Like, it's always – especially, like, at a state fair or something, it's always, like, weird exhibits that I think are, like, kind of exploitative. <laughs> yeah. Um, There's always a fortune teller. Yeah. Oh, I got my fortune read in New Orleans. Oh, really? Yeah. I, well, I had my tarot cards done. Yeah. Oh, you did that when we were in Asheville. Yes, I did. Um, it was similarly legit to the one I did in Nashville, aka not at all. Um, aka a perfect understanding of your future. Yeah. Um, this guy's name was Crow, so I'm like, great. <laughs> seems like seems he probably put a curse on you. <laughs> I know. Well, like all that was actually pretty. Like I listen. I believe in the tarot the tarot but um <laughs> so i pulled the first card was justice mm-hmm. which like makes sense and then i had like one about like a straight path or something i don't know like the, the, the two wands or something I don't know, whatever and then the last okay. card I, pu- I pulled was death and i'm like great Uh-oh. um and he was like are you having legal problems i'm like well yeah i'm in law school <laughs> so if yeah. that's a legal problem sure sure am um and he was like, oh, like, your path is, like, very clear and, like, you're doing all the things you need to do. And he's like, the death card, like, hmm, like, let me, like, look at some more cards to clarify. And he's like, well, your future is very dark. Oh, no. I know. And I'm like, well, <laughs> <laughs> prosecuting sex crimes probably is a little dark. Yeah. Well, or I'm going to be like- mur- murdered by somebody I prosecute, so somebody <laughs> will have a death threat hit on me. I hope not. Honestly, um, it would be a little cool, like not for all of my loved ones, but like for my memoir, for my biography, it will be cool. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I, I forgot what I was just going to say. Oh, I think like at a fair, like the tarot card reader is like pretty harmless. It's more like when they're like, oh, do you want to come look at the Siamese twins? And you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. That's yeah. like that stuff is gross. Um. Yeah, the rides are dirty and, and frankly probably risky. dangerous. Yeah. Um just don't like it. Yeah. I don't I don't really like them either. I think there's like this romantic idea of them. Like, oh, it yeah. would be such a nice date and it just never is. No, and it's also like I don't like cotton candy and Me either. I mean dirty. I, it's gets I, your hands so sticky. I always feel like a little – I mean, I feel like I'm coming off as such a snob talking like this, but I just always feel a little, like, dirty if I'm at the fair. The only thing that I want at the fair is the nachos with the cheese that come out of a pump. But guess what? I can get those at 7-Eleven. Yeah. So <laughs> no <laughs> need, need to go to, to go. the fair. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I'm just like – I'm sorry. Like, I'm a product of Pete Schultz who there was a carnival in a town neighboring ours every year for a very, very long time. And they only recently shut it down because they used to auction off a Corvette every year. And it was like a raffle. So you would buy raffle tickets for the chance to win this Corvette. And then they basically decided that it was illegal gambling and shut down the entire carnival. Well. For like – and they've been doing this carnival like since before my dad was born, I think. Um, and I'm like, did we just now figure out that that was not legal? I don't understand. (laughs) Or they just like never cared about that town that much. Anyway, but like our, I mean, it's not a classy carnival in any way, shape or form. There's a beer tent. Mm. But 
it was like a thing that like when it was happening, you like everyone went. And my dad and mom took us when we were kids. And then one year they put the trash can like next to the entrance to the ride. And my dad was like, we're leaving. This place is foul. (laughs) And we never went back. And we were like never even really allowed to go again. So the Marin County – the Marin County, oh, go ahead. the Marin County one takes place around Fourth of July, and my family okay. always went to Tahoe for Fourth of July. So I just never went to it as a kid. So, but like I remember feeling like very left out about it, being like, I'm oh, sure, like all my friends are going to the fair, and like, poor me, I'm sitting on the beach in like Tahoe. But now I'm like <laughs> hashtag grateful. Probably would have caught a disease there. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I will say that they did have pretty good bands come. Like Pat Benatar came one year. Third Eye Blind oh, cool. has come before. So yeah, that's the one I like a thing. festival is what I'll say. Like I don't, um, my, I don't like crowds, I think. Yeah, I'm I mean, that's not great. My my hometown has like a festival every year and it's like they have really good food and there is like usually, you know, like you can get like a henna tattoo and like they oh, have yeah, like fun. little like booths that you can buy like cool stuff at and like there's a parade and like these guys called the Buckskinners like camp out on the creek for a week or whatever and like or the weekend it's just a weekend but like that to me is fun like and there's usually like music under the tent and like the school will do stuff to perform for it and so like it's definitely it's like a small town like nice kind of festival like or like um in Rochester they do a lilac festival oh that sounds nice and it's yeah, and it's like you come and you walk around all the blooming lilacs and you eat a funnel cake. That I enjoy. But it's like as soon as there's a freaking ride mm-hmm. involved. I don't really like, like some, rides in general. I don't even really like theme parks. Yeah, I mean, I went to Disneyland and had a nice time there. Um, but Yeah, I mean, Disney does a nice job. But that's like seems like – that's like more of an experience. And the rides are yeah. well done and like seem safe. But like I don't – I do not like roller coasters at all. Mm. Never have – um, I went literally on my first upside down, like real roller coaster this last time I went to Disneyland. So as a 27 year old, I did that. Yeah. Did we say, sorry, did we say the book title that we were talking about? I think I did a long time ago. Okay. Devil in the White City. Well, in case we, <laughs> Devil in the White City. <laughs> oh, the other thing about the title though is it said something <laughs> like murder and magic. I'm like, where the fuck was the magic? Yeah. <laughs> like, this is supposed to be nonfiction, and like, also, you didn't deliver what you promised me. <laughs> There's no mystical realism uh, or anything. It's just like boring. Can you imagine if you like love this book, <laughs> and <laughs> and you're like, oh yes, Audrey and Cher are talking about that book. I, I had such a nice time reading it. Which I don't want to again. I don't want to insult you because like it maybe it's just not my taste. But I genuinely don't understand. It didn't win. Like, what, what about it did you enjoy? <laughs> My sister liked it. She recommended that it to I, me. <laughs> I know she did. And I, <laughs> Explain yourself, Mary Kate. I know. I, know. I guess maybe if you're interested in that time period or I think Mary architecture. Kate, I think Mary Kate has a lot more interest in like cultural history than me. Um, maybe okay and so i like i think like she's she is an anthropology double major with astrophysics Mm. and so i think like she likes maybe the like cultural aspect okay i don't know okay maybe i could see that as like kind of tracking human behavior throughout time i could see that yeah but i I accept that i don't know though i mean wow my um 
one of my friends in law school went to architecture school before it, and I'm going to ask her if she read it and liked it, because I'm like, this is one person who might have liked this book. <laughs> but I'm like, who, um, but I'm like, who are the people who made this a bestseller? Like, who kept buying this? Well, I think it also, like, I mean, it definitely um, benefited from getting, like, it. did it win the National Book Award, or was it a finalist for the National Book Award? I don't know. I'm going to look it up. It definitely was, like, in the conversation for a book award, and I think that always, like, bolsters sales. It had a thing on the front of it. Like, a on my copy, there's, like, a silver whatever, like, mm-hmm. award thing. Like, the Newbery Medal, but whatever it was. Yeah. Um, okay. The honors. It was a finalist for the National Book Award. Okay. Um... But it won a lot of awards. It was a New York Times bestseller. Mm-hmm. It was the San Francisco Chronicle's best book of the year. Come on, San Francisco. I'm sure <laughs> Not even about your city. I'm sure there was something better that came out in 2003. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess I could see it. Well, I no, I just don't think it was that good. I don't know. <laughs> I Can I tell you, I was super nervous. Cher texted me earlier today and said, Cher, okay, I did not. Me. Oh. Yeah. Okay. And um, Are you talking to our listeners? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I said, or she said that she didn't like the book and I texted back, oh, thank God, me neither. <laughs> because I was so nervous that you were, I was almost in my head, like kind of when we were talking about recording, I was almost thinking like, oh, maybe we'll just do a different book. Like, <laughs> Maybe we'll that's just what my, not talk. My, that's what my mom said to me. She's like, do you even really want to do this for your podcast? I'm like, it's too late. She's read it. <laughs> <laughs> I almost, but like you were like, okay, yeah, we'll do that one. And like in my head, I was almost like, I don't know. I also finished this book like in February, maybe? Yeah. Well, I finished it yesterday, so... Yeah, so I read it a little days. bit fresher than I'm, I am. Well, but. I'm gonna I'm gonna make the confession that during all of the architecture parts, I read the first and last sentence of every paragraph. Oh, I really started <laughs> skimming. <laughs> I was like, oh, this isn't about E.J. Holmes. Well, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Um. I just and I mean, like listening to- back to our- no, so go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, just listening back to our Awakening podcast, like, remember how much fun we could have talking about unsatisfied married women? Like, oh, yeah, that's our bread and butter. <laughs> Maybe that's the problem is there were basically no women in this book except for murder victims. Honestly, I'm not even exaggerating. Like, I just think, like, and that's always kind of been my interest point. Like, even in grad school, I was like, what are the women doing? Yeah. But I just think, like, that is ultimately what I'm interested in is, like, how women are depicted in novels. Not that I'm not interested in men in novels, but, like... Well, like, honest, there's got to be a lady in there. None of these characters were that compelling to me, though. Like, I was just not no. that interested. Like, I, I didn't did even know care. why that guy wanted to build the World's Fair. I was like, why this? He seemed underqualified. And why did they want to kill the mayor? I just don't know. Oh, Pendergast? Why did he want to? Because he was crazy. Oh. <laughs> um. Oh, I remember the other thing I wanted to talk about. Speaking mm. of serial killers... The fucking Ted Bundy movie, which we hyped for years, was such a disappointment. Oh. Yeah. I mm, I thought um, Zac Efron was good in the movie. I thought Zac Efron think, was good and I thought Lily What's-Her-Name was good too. Yeah. I think I honestly would be very – I would not be surprised if we found out that after the trailer was released or like 
after Sundance or something that the movie was edited. Because I think it was choppy. It seemed to me as if the movie was like trying to go out of its way not to offend anyone because there was like a lot of controversy when the trailer came out of like, why is this movie even being made? Like, what's the value? You know, is this which I think I don't it's know good. because people like, like it. Sorry. Well, I think that like in this cultural moment of true crime, like it is good to be interrogating like what value yeah. this kind of stuff has. And especially if you're like and and like how you're depicting it, like I think that is all like really like worthy of discussion. And, you know, I, I don't think it's wrong to like have those concerns. But then it almost seemed like they had edited it in such a way that it had just like no real take. I was just like, I don't, well, I'm confused. To me, to me, it almost seemed like you could, if you didn't know who Ted Bundy was, you could spend most of the movie being like, is he innocent? <laughs> because it's yeah. like, because it's like we never, like we never actually see him murdering anybody until like the very right. end. And so I'm sort of like, why? Yeah. Did yeah, I found way? myself almost like I couldn't help but to because of the expertise that Anne Rule has given me. Absolutely, that's six hundred pages of knowledge we now have, <laughs> I, which I remember so much more than I will ever remember any word of <laughs> Devil, the Devil in the White City. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I found myself almost like requiring Rachel and Lauren to pause the movie so I could give them more context. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, I also just sort of felt like. So I – okay, as somebody – as a huge true crime fi- fan who, like, does understand that there are, like, some offensive elements that yeah. should be whatever, I found this movie more offensive than if we had just, like, told the story of the murders because I yeah. felt like they really romanticized him. Yeah. You know, like, I think, like I, I, like, I think in the beginning of the movie, it's like, holy shit, like, this is, like, this is a fairy tale. And yeah. then, I mean, and then well, you watch her, like, go downhill and become a huge raging alcoholic and whatever, but... Well, and that's why I feel like the structure of the movie was what the problem was. Like, I, I think Ari and I were talking about this, and I think I talked to you about this, too, where, like, to me, what's interesting about Ted Bundy is that disconnect. So I think having the Lily Collins character of the girlfriend in there, and, like, even we talked about this when we did Stranger Beside Me, and Rule's own relationship with Ted Bundy is really interesting. Why was Anne Rule because not it's even like, in it at all? I know. Um, <laughs> but I think I think what's interesting about Ted Bundy is even once these people found out more information about Ted and, like, knew that he was probably guilty, they still felt this weird pull. Right. And I also think what's interesting about him as a killer or what interests me is that like is that chameleon ability of like it seems like he would turn on a dime into someone very evil right and so what i think would be have been more interesting because they start the movie almost with the conceit that she's made the call to the police right i think it would have been interesting to watch her go through that process of like of he's out there with his, you know, extracurricular activities and, like, living this basically double life. Right. And how that all starts to fall apart. Like, right. that to me is what's interesting. It's not – like, the court case is not particularly interesting to me because it's, like, pretty cut and dry. I mean, the – I mean, the stuff that's interesting is, like, the escape, the fact that he murdered a huge mm-hmm. sorority house. Like, I mean, like, there are yeah. – like, it's a good – I mean, the thing is, it's, like, it's a very exciting story. And it's yes. just, and it's also just wild that like we, I, I mean I don't know, 
I think it's a wild. movie like, was ultimately... he escaped not once but twice. Like that's wild. I think the... Yeah. I think the movie though was ultimately and there was like a focus on this idea of like and it was kind of about like the women in Ted Bundy's life and even the women who like showed up to his court case. And I think that's kind of. ultimately what the director was like fascinated with because they had like scenes of like you know, showing like that these women were there and like, why are you here? Blah, blah, blah. I guess, and it's but, like, like that's to me, just I'm like, like not what's interesting about Ted Bundy. Well, and to me, I'm like, I mean, oh, it is, you, but, but I mean, if, if you're going to focus on women, though, like, let's focus on the like 90 women that he killed. Yeah. I mean, it's like, to me, I'm like, that's like, it's like they don't exist in this movie. It's like just about like him. Yeah. And like, to me, that is more harmful and like more yeah. offensive than right. if you had actually been like, listen, like, this is what happened. Yeah, and I think – because I think that they didn't want to show some of the murders because it was like, oh, is that going to be gratuitous or is that, like, upsetting like, to the families? But it's, but like, you're not right. necessarily – you can do it in a way. You're doing a movie about Ted Bundy. Like, it is gratuitous. Like, sorry. Like, he he beheaded a woman. I mean, it's just like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't – I just – I sort of feel like you can't, like – pussyfoot around when you are mm-hmm. doing a movie about Ted Bundy. Yeah, and it was like finally at the end, like it's almost like as Lily Collins's character confronts yeah. the horror of what Ted has done, like we as an audience have to. And I'm also just like, I don't think that that was correct. Like yeah. <laughs> he would not have crowbarred a girl in broad daylight and then dragged her into the car. No, he dragged her like he, into the woods. Like it was yeah, bizarre. He, yeah, I'm like, this is not how it happened. He tricked yeah. he tricked girls into getting into the car. That was part of it. Like, I also don't even think that girl was a brunette that they showed him attacking. Like it was just like, what is this? Yeah. It's like, did you read did you? Anne Rule's book? <laughs> Do you know Come a on. thing about Ted Bundy? Come on. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like I did think it was cool that they had like the scenes at the end where they like show ted bundy like doing the stuff that zach efron had done like i thought that was cool like that was the only thing i liked about it though also i liked Haley joel osmond or whatever his name is yeah her like new boyfriend who turned out to be great but yeah um i don't know why he stayed around oh my gosh i know i mean because lily collins was beautiful and needed help she is um and i think in the 70s it was like a beautiful sad girl was really just like the cream of the crop i mean isn't that every day though yeah, <laughs> I mean, isn't that still the case today? Beautiful sad girls are really beautiful, really what everyone wants. That is what everybody <laughs> wants. I mean, Marissa from the OC. Oh, come on. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Disappointed. Um, once again, basically, this is a this is a episode of disappointments, <laughs> complaining. Yeah. Um, I mean, what I would say is, like, if you enjoyed any of the things that we have complained about this episode, like, give us a a polite message explaining your side. And we might agree or disagree with you, but, you know, just be in combo with us on on Instagram or something. I don't know. Yeah. Did anyone like the Ted Bundy movie? Like, I haven't heard anyone who liked it. Um, I think some of my students liked it. Okay. So, infants. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it was more like maybe that was their first exposure, though, to this story. Okay. And so they were like, oh, That's whoa, true. this seems to have a lot going on. That's true. I guess I, I, I think when you have read Anne Rule's thing, it's like, oh, like you really should have been focusing on different things. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, I mean, I think, I think his relationship is interesting just in that he maintained it. 
and mm-hmm. it's we- and it's like kind of a weird thing too because it's like did he really love her or like did he yeah. just want control or like what's the deal and like we don't really know but yeah um i think that's what like the fascination was and like why they did the story was because they wanted that kind of like i don't know they wanted oh. to portray that yeah. like abusive relationship Oh, for sure. Like, I think the best part of the movie is when they ask her. Like, I think what they do well is portray, like, the – like, even though in theory he never, like, hurt – like, he obviously didn't hurt Lily Collins' character as much as he hurt the women he murdered. Right. Or, like, severely wounded. Right. But I think it shows you, like, the emotional and, like, physical wounds that a sociopath can leave on a person. Where, like, this idea of, like, well, why didn't you just leave? It's like, okay, it's not that easy. Especially when you have been manipulated by a master manipulator to believe that your life is only meaningful when he is around. Well, and not to And mention- he was able to do that without, like, saying that explicitly. Right. Well, not to mention, like, he doggedly pursues her. Yeah. Like, she can't, like, the moment she gets stable, he's, like, calling and calling and calling and calling. And, like, mm-hmm. friggin' Haley Joel Osment finally is like, we're unplugging this. <laughs> like, yeah. sorry. Um, yeah. Which that, to me, did track, um, especially because, like, he did he did something similar to Anne Rule, too, where he was, like, in, like, constant contact with her. No, I think it does track. Um, so yeah, so I thought that that, that element to me was like very well done and interesting, but I wish it had been more about her like kind of internal debate about whether or not she should turn him in or believe like what her friend was telling her. Oh yeah, her friend um, and less, world. Yeah, and less of her like lying, sad, smoking on a couch. Yeah. Um, Carol Ann Boone though, like they cast her so well. Like that, oh, like gosh, I was yeah. like, whoa, this is yeah like, accurate yeah um i hate that her yeah. name is carol ann because it kind of sounds like cheryl ann cheryl. <laughs> <laughs> um but did you know like like the fact that he was able to get her pregnant yeah. while he was in jail is just like so wild to me yeah like there are theories that he like ejaculated into a condom put it in his mouth and then oh. when he kissed her like put it into her mouth and then she like used that Ew. I know. Isn't that <laughs> disgusting? I'm pretty sure I read that on, like, Rolling Stone or something, so. I'm, like, upset to know <laughs> that now. <laughs> I mean, the way they showed it in the show was, like, they just, like, had sex behind a vending machine or something, but. Yeah, and they, like, greased the um, guard, like, a 20 or something. Yeah. I'm, I don't think that that's how it happens, but maybe. I don't know. I don't know. The prison system, very corrupt. <laughs> <laughs> well. What did you give on that note? What did you give Bill and the White City out of uh, on Goodreads? Oh, geez, I don't know. I probably gave it credit for being well researched. <laughs> I was probably feeling insecure about my dislike of it and being like, "Am I just dumb?" Like, I don't know. I give it Let's a two. See. I might have given it a two. No, not Devil Wears Prada. That I would have enjoyed more. Devil in the White City. It's still showing me Devil Wears Prada. Devil in Prada. Oh, my God. And your Goodreads knows you well. Oh, okay. So I gave it a three. It's probably what that more would have been is a two like a five. two and a half. Yeah. And like the half star is for research. Um, well researched. Um, oh, wow. This one person 
that I know wrote a really long review. Was it good or bad? It was good. Mm. They do call it a novel, though. It's not a novel. (laughs) It is not. (laughs) I don't know. Well, okay. If you liked it, good for for you. You're probably smarter than us. (laughs) But... I just didn't love it. We definitely are reading something fictional next time. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> something fun. Something real fun. We can talk about it yeah. off air, though. Yeah, but if you have suggestions and you're not Mary-Kate. <laughs> Poor Mary-Kate. I'm not, I'm not even going to tell her I didn't like it because I don't want her to stop oh, engaging no. with me. <laughs> She's not going to listen, it's just, so it's fine. Like, ah, oh, Cher is dumb and we all knew it. And she's like, no, it's not it. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, so, I mean, if you've got some suggestions for us, like, hit us in the Instagram comments or whatever, and, you know, thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.